It is November 18th, 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I am Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary, the go-home show for Survivor Series 2019. We're going to have NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown. NXT involved for the first time ever. Tonight, the go-home show. Raj, are you excited for this? I gotta say, I am not. Are you? <laughs> um, you I'm more excited about the way it ended. Triple H saying there's an open door Wednesday night at NXT. Who is this, going to show up? Yeah, I think this could be the week that NXT, you know, probably, you know, might win uh, against AEW. But outside of that, I just felt like the invasion stuff just felt lazy. It was just kind of the same stuff they've been doing. I, overall, I thought the show was fine. It, it wasn't boring, uh, but I just thought to, it just feels uninspired. All these SmackDown guys that are attacking the Raw guys are not even in the match. And so, you know, like, it, what's the point? Why do you have these uh, SmackDown guys out there when they're not even uh, involved in this uh, five-on-five match? But, um, yeah, so I, I think uh, storyline-wise, I thought it just sucked. Like, if you're... If you're building uh, this feud, you're building this match, you have the guys that are actually in the match show up. You know, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, those guys, King Corbin, Mustafa Ali. Uh, instead, you have Lucha House Party, and, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and, and, you know, the guys that aren't that aren't even in it. Uh, Raj, I think the audio is coming through your webcam, not your mic. Ah, hold on. Getting a little extra echo there as the chat room is pointing out. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, SmackDown, for all its flaws, has been telling a story about Survivor Series and the team, who's going to be on the team, who's going to lead the team, what's happening with the team. It's weird that the team wouldn't care enough to invade Raw tonight and would send Cesaro and the Lucha House Party. Yeah. Is that better? No, it's still exactly the same. Um, oh, here, let me, uh, let me see if I can fix this. But, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you know, loot your house party. They're not even in. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to crap on the show too much because uh, overall I found, you know, I thought it was pretty entertaining. But, um, yeah, hold on. I'm going to try to fix this. Well, so, while Raj fixes that, we're going to get this out of the way tonight. We're going to start strong. And speaking of starting strong, Blue Chew is the sponsor of tonight's episode. Guys, you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Oh, remember those days, the late 90s, freshman year of college. Just think about it. Fixate on it for a moment. Remember that energy you had. Remember that get up and go? Because sometimes, well, it got up and went without you. That's how powerful it was. But now you're older. You've got a mortgage. You've got responsibilities. You've got children, perhaps. You're stressed out. You're thinking about your job, your life. It's taking its toll, and it's hitting you where it hurts the most. Well, the good news is now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com. That is blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know that this is the stuff that works. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. Just think about that spontaneity remember what that was like romance being able to say like hey uh when we uh you know go and uh do some uh yeah you can get the right now that's right right now i'm good i'm ready remember that blue chew can bring that back to your life uh if you don't know if it's going to be spontaneous maybe you're on a date we've gotten 
DMs. I've had people that have messaged me. I had someone come up to me at StarCast. Talk about it. It's helped their relationships. It's helped uh, with their dating. They don't get as nervous about it before. If they want to make sure they're practicing safe sex with Blue Chew, they know that they're not going to have that failure to launch, failure to perform. It's peace of mind really is what it is. And if you could benefit from extra function, forget about dysfunction. If you just need some extra function, if you need more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. And as Matt Morgan always points out, if you talk that good game, Blue Chew helps you follow through. You know what I'm talking about. Round one, two, three, four, and more. It's prescribed online, ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And here's, here's an angle that I think we don't tout enough when talking about Blue Chew. Blue Chew is made in the USA. They prepare wow. and ship direct, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. This is American innovation. It's patriotism. When I chew Blue Chew, you know what song I hear in, the, in my head, Raj? You know what song plays when I chew a Blue Chew? Real American? Well, right. gonna, that's good. That's a good runner-up. Okay. Plays Hail to the Chief. Ah. And you can recreate hmm. that experience. Just take a Blue Chew. Hmm. Put your hand over your heart. Say, God bless the USA. Blue Chew making it happen, and we have a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our special promo code, W-I-N-C. Just going to pay $5 shipping. They're going to ship you a pouch. It's incredible. You're going to get these packets. They're going to send you a bunch of them. Free samples. It's not like they're just sending you one. They're sending you enough for the, the weekend or the week of your life. Promo code W-I-N-C at BlueChew.com. B-L-U-E, Chew.com. Promo code W-I-N-C to try it free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. God bless America. God bless America. Matt Morgan couldn't make it tonight with the politician of our panel. Uh, he's uh, he's sick, and but he will be back on Wednesday, just so you guys know. Yes. <sighs> back to Raw tonight. Back to Raw. So here's what. Triple H's promo was so good, and we're going to go segment by segment, but Triple H's promo was so good, and Triple H has been so good in this. Just where's the Raw or SmackDown response? I know I missed, like, a show of each, but no one's been telling me, oh, my God, there's a great story about the inner brand competition. Triple H is doing all the heavy lifting here. And and that's part of the problem, that you don't have a, a general manager or anything anymore for Raw or SmackDown, so you don't have that representative, you know, and, and to kind of push these angles and storylines. Uh, it, it hurts, and whether it's Paige or Shane McMahon, at least before you had someone. And by not having anyone, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you're left with. You got NXT, you got your you know your spokesperson with Triple H, but no one else. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of hurt this whole angle. I, you know, again, what is the angle? Why are they... I'd like more of a story. Like, why are they feuding? Why is NXT, you know, what's what's the what's the end game? As opposed to every year, we just have to attack each other every week uh, because we have a match at Survivor Series, and then it's completely forgotten about. I, you know, I, I guess I'd like to see just more than that. It's very odd that we had the story for years about Shane having one show, Stephanie and Triple H having the other, Vince McMahon said, I want to see you go to war with each other. For two years, they kept up this angle. And then last December, they came together. You're the authority fans. We're going to listen to you from now on. And it's just been, just been kumbaya ever since. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, they, they they panicked. If you recall last year, they had that really low rating, which actually they, they've gone lower than that since. 
but yeah, they panicked. They decided to get rid of the general managers and, you know, automatic rematches, all these steps, which aren't, you know, which aren't the problem with the product right now. And um, yeah, and they panicked. It was like that one time. Remember, I don't know if you were watching wrestling back then, but they kind of did the same thing when Ric Flair was the raw guy. And I think, I forget if it was Bischoff or Vince that was uh, SmackDown. I'm, I'm kind of forgetting right now, but uh, they panicked. Uh, the ratings dropped and they had Vince just beat Ric Flair, uh, you know, and take over his controlling interest of Raw. And it was, yeah, it was just that whole panic where you just throw away your big storyline because you panic for a one week, one week rating. And let me tell you something back then after they botched the invasion angle so badly, I was reading recaps on wrestling Inc and I was going online to just read about what was happening instead of watching what was happening because the product was so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we are now they, with YouTube, <laughs> with Twitter. Why do you need to watch the show? And if you don't have long-term story planning where you're building these stories up and, and it's a logical, uh, you know, a lot, you have your logical turns and twists and everything, then it, it, I, I just thought tonight was the prime example of that it just felt so redundant. It, it was just kind of, it was just the same. So we opened tonight with Becky Lynch coming out there in Boston. She's uh, cutting a pretty solid promo interrupted by the Iconics. Uh, who talk about they've been left off the Survivor Series team. And Charlotte Flair comes out and talks about how she's tethered to Becky. Uh, they're going to have this tag match tonight, Charlotte and Becky versus the Iconics. And right when we go to commercial, Samoa Joe enters the ring. Talk about a cliffhanger. Raj, I mean, he ended up doing commentary, but was your Twitter lit up with people speculating what in the heck is about to happen for that two minutes? Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, just uh, me, I guess. Yeah, Joe's got the injured thumb. Uh, so I, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was really, uh, I thought he was really good. Um, he just sounds like he's not rehearsed, he sounds like he means everything he's saying, and and that, that can be kind of hard to find sometimes. So, yeah, I, I thought I thought he was great. Um, well, when he came out, I was thinking maybe he's. Maybe this is a GM thing. Maybe he's going to rally the troops for Team Raw. I thought tonight maybe we would get story going into Survivor Series. Yeah, no, they, they didn't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so he was out in commentary. Becky and Charlotte won this match fairly easily. Good showcase for them. Really what it was setting up was the attack afterwards. Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, and Maria Shafir came out, attacking the Iconics, clearing them out, while Becky and Charlotte were walking back uh, to backstage. Then they came down, chased them off, and had a confrontation with security guards as uh, Jessamyn, Maria, and Shayna disappeared through the crowd. And uh, this is the closest we've come to the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen. But that aside, Rosh, what did you think of the segment? They haven't announced the women that are in the, the 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 traditional Survivor Series elimination match, right? This is the go home show, the go home Raw, and they still haven't announced the women that are involved in that match, if I'm not mistaken. They announced the SmackDown team. Yeah, but not the NXT. No. So, you know, it's the go home show. Maybe it's a good time to announce that. Yeah, I have no idea who's on Raw or NXT. So I... Raw, 
is uh, yeah. Sasha, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and oh, I'm sorry, SmackDown is uh, Sasha, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross. Then it's Charlotte, Oscar, Kyrie, Sane, Natalia, and someone else for for Raw. And then NXT, they haven't announced anyone. I'm guessing some of the the four horsewomen, but um, yeah, you would think that they would uh, have announced that tonight. It sounded like you call them the poor horsewomen, and that should be in the promo. One side should say, <laughs> we are the four horsewomen. You are the poor horsewomen. There you go. That would be solid. Um, I like this tonight. I was disappointed that this didn't really keep going or lead to anything. Lewis is saying there are two more shows. Yeah, one of them gets half the viewership. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the other one, yes, you do have one more show. Um, but you would think with the pay-per-view, you'd kind of want to make sure you're, you're pushing all the matches, uh, you know, before the week of. You would think. But it's the WWE. What do they care about logic, consistency, storytelling? They care not. Yeah. I just... So Becky's got her triple threat. We've got the five women, five on five on five women's Survivor Series match. Think they're going to add a women's tag Survivor Series match to match the men's one? I don't know. I mean, it seems pretty loaded now. They got they got eight matches now, seven matches. So, I mean, if, if you want to give these time, I, I, I don't really think they could fit. Because think about this. You got five on five, two uh, elimination matches. You know, unless they're squashes, that's, you know, you're talking about maybe 10, 10 falls in those. So yeah. those could take a while. So we went from this match, and yes, these run-ins should have had, although last year, I mean, I guess they kind of did, because Becky was facing Ronda. It was a big, I mean, last year's was, that was awesome, incredible. And it was really Becky leading the team. I get a little sense that they're trying to do that, but they broke it up too much this year, I think, and because it's the first time with the NXT uh, roster being there. I understand why they broke up the men and the women, but um, yeah, hmm. Ryder and Hawkins were backstage. They were talking about a tag team title shop tonight that was supposed to happen against the Viking Raiders. Authors of Pain, Occam and Razor showed up, beat the crap out of them, and uh, talked trash while Ryder and Hawkins were on the ground. Okay, so I was in Vegas over the weekend. I, I, I have not watched SmackDown. Why are they getting a title shot? They haven't won a match in like half a year? Huh? Huh? Oh. First, man, <laughs> insult to injury. Ryder cut out of the Wrestling Figures episode of The Toys That Made Us. That dropped on Netflix Friday and tonight humiliated, losing his title shot and beaten down at the hands of AOP. Hmm. Did you watch that episode? At least they're doing something with AOP. No, I have not. Have you watched The Toys That Made Us on Netflix? I don't even know what that is. Okay, so it's a show. Like one episode is about G.I. Joe. One's about Transformers. One's about Ninja Turtles. And one is entirely dedicated an hour long to wrestling figures. You want to learn about Jack Pacific and the war between Gloob. And LJN for the WWE license, it's all there. Okay. Highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's an hour-long episode. Wrestling figures, fantastic from start to finish. I'll check that out. And uh, Matt Morgan's Maybe. favorite, the LJN Hulk Hogan, prominently displayed in the episode. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it was great. So, Carl Anderson versus Humberto Carrillo. And they were saying Umberto tonight, so now I just feel like a huge dick. I've been saying Humberto this entire time. Humberto Carrillo. I, I think it has been Humberto until uh, this week. 
<laughs> Seriously, getting rid of the H. I, I, I would have, I would have recognized that. Yeah, I felt like this was the first time I've heard them saying Umberto. Yeah, someone in the chat will correct us, but I think that that was the first. Um, so Street Profits came to have Umberto's back, while Anderson, of course, had Gallows and AJ Styles. And Umberto picked up a win. Next week, he's going to face AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship on Raw. I mean, he, he uh, you know, he's been hurt by how often they've beaten him. So he, I think even if he gets the win over AJ, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I just think the damage has been done. Um, I think I think fans might turn on that if you haven't beat AJ. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, this I don't like that they did. They kept teasing big news. Got big news, breaking news coming up. You have to see. Which led us to Lana with Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Lana got d- divorce papers, uh, got a restraining order against Rusev. Can't come within 90 miles. Turned out it was 90 feet. Big difference. Yeah, that's a big difference. Um, and then what, they just... What are you chew- oh, is that your cough drop? It's a cough drop, I apologize. <laughs> As people could tell from this sultry voice I'm rocking tonight, fighting a little bit of a cold. A little yeah, bit. It's going around. Matt's sick. You're sick. I was sick. Yeah. But I'm here tonight. I don't care. You know, I'll just mute it. If I'll Rolf on camera. I don't give a shit. You're, you're tougher than Matt, is what you're saying. I'm tougher than Mr. Tough Enough himself. There you go. Well, he did go home with an injury, so yeah. foreshadowing. Um, anyhow, uh, Bobby and Lana just started doing it right there in the ring to end this segment. And yeah. then uh, Bobby had a match with No Way Jose, beat the crap out of him. It is interesting. You know, no way Jose, he's a big guy, you know, like standing, uh, you know, face to face with Lashley. They're, they're not that, I mean, obviously Lashley's way more cut and, and, uh, and ripped, but you know, as far as size goes, no way Jose has got the size that WWE likes. He's just got a terrible gimmick. And until he sheds that off, until he changes that, uh, he's doomed, but you know, he's, he's got the tools if he can, if he can get out of this. If he can get out of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it's it's it takes leaving or, you know, doing something, going back to NXT, you know, coming up with a new character. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think if he doesn't do it, he's he's doomed. But there's a lot of potential there, in my opinion. Yeah. So Seth Rollins versus Andrade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... This was a good match. This is the same problem I had with the Owens versus McIntyre, though. They do this to let these guys go, and then instead of a winner, we get the run in. This case, the Lucha House Party. <laughs> Which just, I mean, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. Andrade's fought against them before. So yes, if they were, if this was some kind of alliance or something, yes, then it would make sense. Like if they were, they were starting something, but it was clear that they weren't. It was just, again, Lucha House Party. They're not in the freaking Survivor Series. They're not involved in the match. Why not have Roman Reigns? You know, how much more intriguing if you're trying to sell a pay-per-view, having Roman Reigns, you know, out there with Seth and, you know, going face-to-face. Instead, you have guys that have been treated like jobbers for years, and that's your selling point. Yeah. Ah. 
I don't get it. I'm trying to find something positive here, but Jesus Christ, this is, it's just, you know, it's like we're building up Ray versus Brock. So let's have, you know, let's have Ray. Uh, I can't even think of a, a dumb enough example. <laughs> have him, uh, uh, you know, feud with Luke Harper this week. Oh, and by the way, while this is going on, Randy Orton, CM Punk, Tony Khan, there's this great, like, <laughs> that was the best brand Twitter war happening. It was like the East Coast, West Coast 90s hip hop feud happening on Twitter in real time uh, with Tony <laughs> Khan chiming in. Like, all this is happening. Why? By the way, by the way we interviewed Tony Khan today for Wrestling oh. Inc. It's going to be on the Winkly tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, uh, we got a one on one with Tony Khan. It'll be uh, on tomorrow's show. This happened before the Orton tweets. So <laughs> we did ask him about CM Punk. It was after the CM Punk, so we did ask him about that with uh, CM Punk tagging him. Yeah, and uh, his response to that, we'll talk about all that later in the episode. But seriously, like, go on Twitter. That was the best thing that happened today in the world of wrestling. Um, so Seth Rollins won that by DQ after the Lucha House part. How did they determine that? In that case, because it was because Seth got hit first that he's declared the winner by DQ. I guess, yeah. Who knows? Okay, okay. This is uh, how many DQs were there tonight? Was it were there any matches other than like Lashley and No Way Jose that had a decisive finish? Uh, Becky and Charlotte won. Oscar attack happened after. Uh, I don't even Oscar beat Natalia. Yeah. Uh, they showed the footage of CM Punk debuting on WWE backstage last week. We'll talk about that a little more in regards to all this drama. Um, Buddy Murphy knocks on Alistair Black's door. Is this the first time we've seen the outside of Alistair Black's door? <laughs> I think so. Um, so he does this, and then it leads to a match of Akira Tozawa versus Buddy Murphy. And I mean, those guys could, uh, you know, those guys could tear it up, but, um, this was Tozawa's first time on Raw in how many months? I don't know, man. I, I just thought that no one felt like stars tonight. And I, I think that's what always gets me sometimes watching Raw is no one's protected. No one feels like a, a superstar. And, you know, even Seth. Seth, they've, they've done a number on him. It's odd. It's yeah. I mean, it's think about last year. Last year was so good. The first year after the brand split was so good when they did this and they were telling the story and the teams and tonight they even said, I mean, what was it? Samoa Joe on commentary saying this is a terrible idea for team building to have guys that are going to be teaming together Sunday face each other tonight. You know what it felt like watching the show and with the announcers, it felt like they didn't know what the card was for Sunday. You know, like when <laughs> Lucha House Party's out there interfering, like, oh, Team Smackdown's out uh, without realizing that they're not involved in the match. Um Anyway, I just I just felt like it uh, It just feels like no one knows what's going on. No one cares. Uh, KCC in the chat asking, where is Titus Worldwide? I am nostalgic for Titus Worldwide at this point. <laughs> yeah. Right? They're not <sighs> doing stuff. I mean, aside from Bobby, Lana, Rusev. That's the only it, story. Yeah. That's, right? It's, isn't that, I mean, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but isn't that freaking weird? I mean, they tried with Roman, uh, with his attacker that that went nowhere quick. Yeah, man, the, the storytelling has just been it's been a tough point with uh, WWE, and that's always been 
for me, it's always been more about the stories and the characters. Uh, you know, yes. If if you're a fan of the athleticism and and the the kicking out at two and all that, that's that's great. Everyone watches things for different reasons, but for me, it was always the characters and the the storytelling, and uh, it's just been lacking big time. Um. And this is actually, I agree with this. Lorenzo Muno is saying you need to start getting guys to stop doing everything in their arsenal in every match. Yes. Because they lose their specialness. I thought this tonight, KO and Drew was an incredible match. But why is KO doing all this for a match where I don't believe there were any stakes? There was no rot, nothing like the winner didn't get like a gift card to Applebee's or anything. Like, why is he going the extra mile to do all that? Ray and Brock, they're trying. I, I I like the story, except you know they haven't been on the show in like two weeks. <laughs> so, uh, and again, this was the go home show, and they didn't do anything. I mean, Ray Ray did cut the promo, and I think Ray has been fantastic. I think Ray he sounds really like he means what he's saying, and that's that you know that uh, genuineness is kind of hard to find lately. And uh, I thought I I think he's been good. So Buddy Murphy won that match over Akira Tozawa, and this was a good match. It was good. I mean, uh, they faced each other a bunch of times in 205 Live. Um, and yeah, they got good chemistry. Eric Rowan backstage talking to a cage. But do you see either of those guys going in? And, and this is no disrespect to either of them. I, I think they're both super talented. But do you see them, either of those guys, anywhere in six months? Well, I feel like Buddy Murphy, they were high on for a hot minute. And that time is passed. But it's like Ali, right? They're, they're hot on them for like three weeks, and then all of a sudden they just disappear. And I feel like we've already seen that with Buddy Murphy a couple times. Yeah. I don't get it. He's talented. I just, I, you know, we'll have to see with the uh, personality and the charisma. If that that part is, if, if he doesn't have that, it's an uphill climb. It's just so weird to me that in a time where we are in peak television, there are there's more TV to watch than you could watch in a lifetime if you were to consume everything that is on in a given year. It would it would consume it would sustain you for decades. Um, that they don't have a little more going on in that department. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, as far as finding talented writers, there's never been a better time. But it's an audience of one with Vince McMahon. I mean, it's it's. That's been the case forever. And I say this, this isn't as like a wrestling pundit. I mean, I say this one as a wrestling fan who remembers a time when even in recent times, we're talking about this where they were trying and yeah, everything didn't work, but at least there was a sort of hokey charm. Remember we make, think back to the shining stars trying to sell you a timeshare in, in Puerto Rico. <laughs> like at least there was some stuff to be entertained by to call out every week. Now it's like, well, Brock Lesnar's doing this thing. Heyman came out and advanced the story. And there were some really excellent matches and Rusev or and Lana and Bobby tried to get it on. And aside from that, it was just like a wall to wall wrestle fest. I feel like that is raw in recent weeks. I can't argue with that. Yeah. I mean, as far as telling stories and stuff, I feel like it's just been lazy. And uh, the, the NXT Invasion stuff, you know, it's a perfect example of it. I thought Triple H was great tonight, and we'll get to that. But, uh, again, I have no reason I have no reason why these guys, or these teams are facing off, like, why they're so heated. Brand supremacy, if that's it, well, all right. If, 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 that's, if that's a good enough explanation, then uh, good. But 
His eternal goat is saying a little more meat on the bone. Just whatever they need to do to get Jimmy Jacobs back would be a step in the right direction. Yeah. Well, Uh, well, you know what? There, there is a, uh, you know, there's going to be a big change coming up with the XFL starting up in here in a couple months. Vince is not going to be as hands-on. So we'll see if uh, anything changes. Get that man a hobby. Just away from creative. Um, we need him gone in the summer too, the because yeah. uh, the creative has not been working. So, Eric Rowan has perhaps a living creature in a cage. What do you what think you, it is? I was I was saying sewer rats last week, but that would be a. <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you think? A baby? Baby Yoda? You know. You know it. I could see them going like the mog- ironic way where it's like a little kitten or something, you know, Yeah, because they were trying that with Roan for a while where he was like liking classical music and drinking wine. Yeah. So maybe, it's maybe, kinda... uh, I don't know. I, I like that. I think that'd be kind of a nice little turn, a little something. Kitten. Hush it a, uh, a baby, I guess would be a little controversial. Just a baby. <laughs> and that keeps a child. <laughs> yeah. Carper's contract. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Did you watch the Mandalorian yet on Disney Plus? I have not. Dude, that is for real. Yeah. Gotta check that out. Are you a big Star Wars guy? No. I've seen like, them all. But you're not I mean, I'm not saying like you got like a, a red five jumpsuit you change into every year just to sort of get that feeling, but I'm saying like if you see them all and you prioritize it a little, yeah. this was good. I liked it. Okay. I, I, I'm planning on watching it. I got, I'm signed up for it. Yeah. Uh, so Eric Rohn was wrestling Alex Malcolm. Out came Samir and Sunil Singh, uh, our truth. <sighs> um, Rowan beat up everybody, hit the iron claw on Alex Malcolm for an easy win. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. Randy Orton. Oh, Randy Orton. He's been in the news today. Yes. Uh, Tony Khan bringing up uh, Orton Uh saying the N-word. We'll get to that. And that was recently. This isn't like some tape from 20 years ago where he was like rapping along to Biggie or something. It's like, nope. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Um, Randy saying he's the greatest Survivor Series superstar of all time. He's going to fight the Viking Raiders tonight with a partner of his choosing, one that will benefit him. The mystery, the suspense. Yeah. Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre. Match of the night? I guess by default, yeah. Um, you know, again, there's no finish. It just, I, I just don't like it when they go, when you have a 20, 25 minute match and then it just ends in a, you know, with a crappy finish with it, with just a DQ. Um, it's like it's just lazy again i just felt like so much of the show is lazy you, you didn't have a a real finish if you're gonna do a shitty finish then have it end quickly yeah, yeah. uh it was but, i mean it, it's clear like drew mcintyre for how big he is like he's he's a big dude and he can work i mean he is a he's really good in the ring kevin owens obviously is fantastic uh i mean these guys, I mean, this could be, this could be something down the road. I agree. So NXT invaded during this match and Triple H came in and 
I mean, this segment, right? This is the best thing that happened tonight. This match and then Triple H's promo talking to Kevin Owens. Triple H talking like a life coach, like Tony Robbins in there, just working it. Kevin, the potential I see in you, you're different. You're different than the rest. It's like he was going to make him an offer. He was going to say something, but before he could, the Raw locker room emptied out. And they emptied out originally with like three people to come in and start beating up NXT. Yeah, it was like four guys that beat up all of NXT, right? Yeah. It wasn't great. But... I love this promo and this, this, I mean, good. They're busting it out now, but like I said, th- this could really be something. And the reason I'm a little angry about it is that imagine if they'd done this two weeks ago, even or three weeks ago. And then tonight, you know, there would have been maybe team raw suspicious of Kevin Owens and saying, how do we know where your loyalties lie? Triple H did X, Y, and Z for you. Like this is a really interesting story potentially. And survivor series is Sunday night. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, gosh, I, I don't want people changing their opinions on this show because of us. But Chris is saying, I swear I care this podcasting. The show is good, but now I hear these guys. I don't know now. Um, it was it was, it was um. I said this about Friday Night Show. It was like fantastically average. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, again, we're here to you know, review these and, and, you know, look at it as a regular TV show. And as from a storytelling standpoint, it's just been very weak. And Survivor Series, next Money in the Bank, Survivor Series might be my favorite pay-per-view of the year. Survivor Series was the first ever pay-per-view that I paid for uh, in in 89. But uh, yeah, man, I got... uh, I have some nostalgia for Survivor Series, but it's not uh, it's not the same. You know, back in the day when, you, you know, in the 80s, early 90s, you would know everyone on those teams and you would know the story. And, and, and I remember like Ricky Steamboat was pulled for Tito Santana one year. I was like, aha! And like, you, you just know you because they had built those matches up so much. Now, I, I mean, I can't tell you half these matches on this show. And I'm actually having to look at it right now. But yeah. I agree with Paulie that perhaps the reason the Royal Rumble is the best pay-per-view currently is it's the one that you almost can't screw up because the story is the match itself. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it's turned into, yeah. Um, yeah, even as Tammy's saying, not terrible, but not good, just bizarre, weird commercial breaks and random matches. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love this with Triple H and Owens, man, I think this could be a really good storyline, especially if maybe Owens goes back to NXT for a little bit. It's got to be building to something. Like, they can't have this. Do you think Triple H is going to wrestle on N- Team NXT? On Team NXT on, on Sunday night? So here's the problem I have with what they've been doing with NXT, is they're throwing them in with the Lucha House parties and all these, the underneath guys. Whereas with the NXT, these are the top guys. You know, Adam Cole is your champion. Uh, I think he almost needs to, to give him a little credibility. I feel like it's been hurt a little bit. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not having, uh, you know, again, it's not like Roman and Braun fighting with these NXT guys. And I, I did not see SmackDown, uh, but at least tonight, you know, for the go home raw, it's uh, it's not your top guys fighting with the NXT guys. It's the, it's the underneath guys. And I think it just makes NXT, it gets it on them. Okay, so here's, and this is where I understand people liked Ray and Brock 
the build and what they've been doing with this. But tonight we don't get Brock. We get Paul Heyman backstage in Alistair Black's closet, giving us a recap of the feud from the Brock Lesnar perspective. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. Which I like this better than most of Heyman's promos as of late. He didn't just go out in the ring and do the exact same thing. At least it was a little different. I, I like the style of the, like previously on WWE. I liked that it had a little bit of that. That was cool. And I liked Ray's response to this tonight. I think it was good. I just, do you think in any way, shape or form, it is plausible that Ray wins this match, even with no holds barred, no DQ. Can Ray Mysterio win this match against Brock Lesnar Sunday night? It's weird. I think it'd be anticlimactic if he did now because there was no build really outside of that, you know, tonight. Like I felt like you needed a strong go home, go home angle to get you behind Bray. And by not doing it, I just feel like it would just be kind of a waste. Like a Brock, look, this is where wins and mass uh, wins and losses matter. Uh, beating Brock is a big deal. And uh, you know, I just think it would be kind of thrown away with the build the last couple of weeks. So we had Oscar versus Natalia. Um, Oscar did win clean on this tonight. Oscar's awesome. Yes. And so it's <sighs> Wasn't it weird in the last couple of days? What was it, Meltzer, that said somebody and everyone's been speculating about Kari Sane's future? Yeah. Well, some stardom, is, stardom wants to get some of these, uh, some of their stars back. So, and I think uh, she's probably at the top of their list. Yeah. This was a good match. Then uh, we had the Viking Raiders versus Randy Orton, and his mystery partner is Ricochet. I think, yeah, I think we all saw this coming. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I think Orton and Ricochet are going to be the next tag team champions, right? Really? Yeah. How long do you think that's going to last? I don't know if this is building to an eventual uh, Randy Orton-Ricochet match, but or if, if they've even thought that far ahead. But yeah, I, I, I bet you in, in within a month, they'll be tag team champions. Okay. There you have it. Raj calling a shot. Uh, Heavy Machinery, Cesaro, Lucha House Party, Baron Corbin, Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler came in. And while NXT, not everyone had a t-shirt, not only did SmackDown have matching t-shirts, but they got that Fox money, so SmackDown had blue baseball caps. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that is true. <sighs> I mean... Whatever. This was what it was. All the locker rooms emptied. Everyone came out. They're fighting each other. Oh, my God. What's going to happen Sunday? But then Triple H grabs the mic backstage, appears on the big screen, says, Raw, SmackDown, Wednesday night, NXT, the doors will be wide open, invites everyone to bring what they want and show which brand they're fighting for. That was a fantastic way to go off the air tonight. But just this, both sides in a brawl, this is like the the least interesting version of the survivor series go home. They've been relying on for years with this brawl. Yeah. But I'm, you know, it's good for them that they're actually building up NXT for the first yes. time in eight weeks. No, that part know? is amazing. But what I'm saying is just the brawl aspect of it is like, whatever we've yeah. seen. It's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, again, it was the, the standard lazy stuff. Just everyone's fighting for no reason. Um, and it's, and, and it, you know what it felt like? It felt like they're like, Oh, we got, Two more minutes to go, so just keep fighting. You know, it what it didn't seem like it had a didn't seem like it had a purpose, but uh yeah, there there you go. That was the go home angle on your I I guess your B show now, but 
Yeah. It just makes me think that the Triple H idea was good, but Vince was like, but everybody comes out and starts beating each other up, right? <laughs> like that that's what happens. Did you ever have you ever interviewed uh, Freddie Prince Jr. about his time working with Vince? I haven't. Uh, I feel I thought we've had him on the Winkley before, though. Oh, uh, maybe not. I don't know. The quote that always strikes me, and I can't remember if he didn't ask me anything or if it was an interview, but he said that one time on Vince McMahon's jet, Freddie was watching Richard Pryor. And Vince said to Freddie, why are you watching Richard Pryor? And Freddie's like, Richard Pryor's really funny, one of the greatest comedians of all time. And he's like, well, why would you watch, watch this when you want to laugh when we have Santino? <laughs> And oh, that geez. is Vince McMahon, that... right there. I think of that all the time. Oh boy, wow! I have not heard that story, but uh, now I need to reach out to Freddie. Get him yeah, on the show. Absolutely. Um, I just uh, Wednesday is going to be good. Wednesday is going to be good. I want to see what AEW does. I want to see what NXT does. And people keep talking about this. Oh, now you're you know you were on AEW's tip. Now you're talking about NXT. You want them to win? Yeah, I want both sides to go at 150% to try and beat each other because it's better for everyone. And then maybe Raw and SmackDown will take their heads out of their asses and actually try and compete with what's happening on Wednesday nights. Yeah. I mean, it, I would think that's what we'd want. You know, what we all want is everyone pulling out all the stops. And Wednesday nights are the most interesting wrestling nights of the week for me right now. Yeah, by far. absolutely. But I don't want NXT to get beat down so much that they stop trying or they don't get the resources they need. It's interesting because they could win. It's almost like they're... Because uh, it's not hard for them to be like, all right, we saw that week that AJ Styles was on. They came like 1% away from beating AEW. So, Brock Lesnar in full sale. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, they could have Seth on, uh, Roman, and they'd probably win that week. So, And credit to them, I think they want to win it the right way by being exactly. organic to the story. Yes, and I think that's the thing. Like, they're trying to build this thing and not have to rely on gimmicks yet. And as uh, the chat's pointing out, Ambrose and Allen, Dean Am or Moxley, pardon me, Ambrose, uh, John Moxley and Darby Allen wrestling Wednesday night on Dynamite. So that's going to be a tough one. I'm, I might do some uh, flipping and sw switching on the big screen between both shows with Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Darby Allen isn't necessarily a draw yet, but that, you know, this is how you build stars is by putting them with your top draws and, and uh, yeah, we'll, 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 you know, I think that's match, you know, again, it's not on pay-per-view it's on their TV show. They, they, they try to be more tame. So uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be anything like the uh, Moxie Omega match that we saw a couple weeks ago. We'll see. Um, that being said, I'm still looking forward to Survivor Series. It's one of the top four. I think with that and War Games back to back, and I wish I wish War Games was five on five, and the story was whichever team wins, both think, the men's and the women's matches becomes the NXT team. I think by adding NXT to Survivor Series, it kind of hurt War Games because it's like you're promoting two shows for the same weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, and it screwed up their storytelling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have the same guys who are supposed to be competing each other, you know, competing against each other the night before. And then they're also buddy, buddy and, you know, uh, unified for, for the next night. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's clear that the NXT edition was, was more of a late thing. It wasn't the original plan. Um, but yeah, it, it, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I, I think 
match-wise, I think it's going to be an awesome show. Uh, I think you look up and down the card, it's kind of an underrated show just because, uh, you know, when I'm talking about the story, but as far as the in-ring action, I mean, it's it's pretty stacked. Although, I'm trying to think, in-ring, I mean, when, when on this podcast, when do you hear wrestling fans complaining about the matches themselves? Except that they're too short or Hell they're too long. Oh, okay, maybe that. That's really more the booking than the match. Um, but it's exciting, man. I just want everyone to try their hardest because I feel like we get rewarded when that happens. Um, so what else do we got in the world of wrestling? Uh, so AEW, they're bringing Bash at the Beach. So uh, we talked to Tony, uh, Tony Khan earlier today. Um, so yeah, they, they owned the Cody had bought the, uh, trademark for bash at the beach. So it's not owned by WWE. They're using bought it from name. who? Uh, it just expired. Oh, okay. So yeah. So Cody, uh, trademarked it and, uh, yeah. So they're bringing that back. I was, you know, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time was the 1996 bash at the beach where Hulk Hogan turned heel and joined the NWO, yeah. you know, so you know, Hogan's first pay-per-view was a bash at the beach. So it, uh, yeah, you know, from a nostalgic point of view, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And hopefully they do it. Like, you know, they have the whole beach setting and everything. Well, one step closer to a 4th of July, great American bash, Raj, bringing back one of your favorites. WWE owns that. Oh, I kept that one. Um, and this, this is interesting. This is going to happen. They're bookending the Jericho cruise. And did I read it correctly? They're actually going to tape an episode of dynamite on the cruise ship itself. Yep. So, so last year for the cruise, they, they had matches and they taped it and they didn't eye paper before it. So yeah, they're going to do a whole uh, episode of dynamite on the Chris Jericho cruise that week. Well, there you go. Um, so let's talk about what happened on Twitter with CM Punk, uh, Tony Khan and Randy Orton. Yeah. So, uh, do you have the tweets in front of you? I do not, but let me see what I can find here. Let's see here. So CM Punk, so CM Punk, you know, he's complained in the past about, he said that AEW always likes to talk about him. Uh, They they bring his name up. And then today he tweeted and he said, it is weird trying to catch up on five plus years of wrestling. I'm doing what I can. There's bright spots, mostly women from what I can tell. There's bad too. I'm going to talk about it and no one is safe. Join us. So he tagged Renee Young, WWE on Fox, Booker T, Paige, Vince McMahon, and Tony Khan. So, um, you know, there he is. He's He brought Tony Khan into it. So Tony Khan replied, and he said, because Punk had said no one is safe, Tony Khan replied and said, no one is safe? Sounds like a plane full of wrestlers in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and uh, Randy Orton, uh, hold on, let me, let me bring this up. Hold on a second. So he... Uh, he replied to Tony Khan and basically said uh, he there was an article like a year about Tony's dad. Um, and the the title of the article is Jaguars owner Shahid Khan being investigated for corruption. So Randy Orton replied and said, what's that whole thing about glass houses and stones? And Tony replied, I thought you only tagged me in your post when you were grasping for leverage. That article's over a year old and is about baseless claims made about my dad years ago. That's the best you can do. Nothing. Meanwhile, in the time since that was written, you used the N-word on Twitch. So, uh, yeah, a lot to uh, a lot going on there. Oh, yes. 
So Orton re-signed with WWE a couple weeks ago. Uh, long-term contract, five years. Clearly was using AEW for leverage. Tony Khan calling him out on that. Um, but yeah, uh, Orton had was on a Twitch stream or whatever you call it, uh, playing Call of Duty. And he used the N-word as a, you know, he, he had used it uh, during the, during the stream. So you would think, you would think after the Hogan incident, he said it in a, it's <laughs> different. Like Hogan said it in a racist way. That's and cool. I'm not, I, granted, this is still racist, but you know, that you shouldn't be using that word, whatever. Um, but he, he, you know, he wasn't using it the same way he was, he was doing it. I felt like it, I don't know. It's weird because I'm not trying to justify it, but he, the way he was using it is different than the way Hogan was using it. There was no uh, hatred or it wasn't a part of a racist tirade like Hogan's was. But it's a racist thing to say. It's stupid as hell. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, not justifying it, but it's, de- it's definitely different. So Orton said it. Uh, and it was weird that it was like a, a story for about an hour. And then, like, everybody moved on. You know what I mean? We see things, especially on social media, on uh, Twitter in particular. It becomes, it snowballs, becomes a huge thing. And I feel like this didn't really get traction. I mean, he was using it in kind of like a slang way. You know what I mean? I I understand what you're saying. But it's still, it seems like society is pretty clear that there is no context even um, uh, African American writer was fired uh, from a TV series simply because he was telling a story about some racist shit somebody said to him forty years ago, and him using the word made people so uncomfortable. CBS like got rid of it. So it seems like there is no context where that is okay in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was dumb as hell. I mean to to think that you would do that on. <laughs> a live video stream. I mean, what the hell, you know? Um, yeah. You know, again, I don't think he, uh, yeah, nothing ever came of it. It was, uh, it was one of those that was quickly forgotten. I, again, I, I do think the intent, he didn't mean it necessarily in a uh, racist way, but it is a racist thing to say. And it's, you know, very uncomfortable talking about these <laughs> these topics on it on is because people uh people people are you know people get very sensitive and, and i think rightfully so oh, it, for sure. but it, it's yeah, and it, know, i'm a whatever. man of color uh you know i've so yeah, yeah it's uh you know i've heard being a person of color i've heard stuff you know growing up and I I do know when someone's saying something with malice and someone's saying something that's not, and there is a big difference. Well, let me tell you, having grown up uh, in portions of the Midwest for many years, there's a reason I don't have a preference for the pronunciation of my last name, because in the Midwest, we went by Steen the entire time. You know, it's uh, prejudice is still very much a thing. Oh, for sure. And uh, well, of course. And, I think uh, it's good to have a dialogue about it, but it seems like this is one everyone's pretty clear on. 
Yeah. This isn't like Matt uses the word midget and we have to be like, hey, Matt, about 10 years ago, there was <laughs> like this, like we don't say that anymore. Yeah. So the way he said it, Vince McMahon used, you know, used that on national. Oh, lest we forget. <laughs> which um, is that, that which is so stupid. Like, blows my mind uh. that, like, again, this has been a pretty clear rule. Yeah. For quite some time. Yeah. Again, I'm not justifying it. I'm not, I'm just saying that, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, of course, there's like worse, there's worse stuff people could say. There's worse context you could have used it in. You can argue that uh, as you will. But yeah, it's just, it's surprising that someone, especially in contract renegotiations, he hadn't even re-signed at the time, would think that, oh, hey, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, you know, Orton is, uh, gosh, uh, again, Don't give so, attitude, you know, well, you know, so many people, it, it's easy to jump on anything, but you know, Orton's got a Latino wife. He's got kids of color. I, I don't think he's racist. I think it was very stupid for him to say that, but, um, you know, it was clear. He, 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 he wasn't saying that in a racist way, but. He should have, you know, it, it is a racist thing to say. So, anyway. Yep. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure this isn't the end of this Twitter drama. And CM Punk tomorrow night backstage on Fox. Or FS1, rather. Are you kind of, are you kind of surprised at yeah. like, how... Uh, how the buzz has kind of died down quickly because this is perhaps not the lamest way they could have brought back CM Punk. Well, it's, it's not. in the top five sort of lamest ways he could have come back to wrestling period, let alone the WWE in some capacity. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and again, he's not with WWE. He's with Fox, but you know, they're pushing it on, on, on WWE TV to, to see CM Punk on WWE TV. And, and it just feels like, um, just the buzz just died down quick from from last week, but uh, I don't know. It makes me think he's not he's not going to wrestle again, you know, or anytime soon. I mean, if because otherwise they wouldn't bring him back this way, right? I don't know. He wouldn't I, be, he wouldn't be signing with Fox for a talk show as opposed to you know making the big bucks and, and wrestling again. Um, we'll see what tomorrow night holds, right? Yeah. Because we don't know how they're actually going to use him in the show. So, yeah, that's what I said, Ducks Blazers. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh... <laughs> well, we didn't solve racism tonight, but I feel like we made some progress. So, Jesus. Isn't it... Did you th ever think... Rahash, in your years, the 20 years you've been doing this, that wrestling was going to get become this hotbed for cultural debate and discussion, <laughs> particularly about like race relations. I mean, I feel like this keeps happening. And maybe it's because the industry does have such um, like so much drama and, and racism in its past, maybe. 
Yeah, I mean, look, look, I had the biggest problem with how Booker T was booked uh, that year he faced Triple H. What was that? WrestleMania 19, uh, 20? Promo. Yeah. I, yeah. And uh, and then he ended up losing. And in the worst way possible, I had like I had, you know, major issues with that. I've had issues with uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff um, in, in wrestling growing up. You know, Virgil, uh, how, you know, he was booked and. Uh, you know, it was one of those things as a kid, I didn't really see it. And then when you go back and watch that stuff later, it's like, holy crap, that's, that was really bad. So, Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, you go beyond the clips they show in like the Monday Night Wars documentaries, and a lot of the Attitude Era has not aged well. No. I mean, they, DX, actually had blackface, you know? They, they donned blackface on an episode of Raw. So. Also, I mean what was it 15 years earlier i believe it was the episode of give me a break where uh, joey lawrence put on blackface i think we were all pretty clear blackface was not acceptable back like in the early 80s so dx must have missed that episode not big nell carter fans i take it there was a whole movie uh soul man you remember that i i own soul man on dvd for the commentary which is c thomas howell and the director defending the movie and talking about our heart was in the right place. We feel we were very misunderstood in the message we were trying to present. But yes, see Thomas Howell wears blackface in that film. It is exceptionally awkward. And there was a terrible controversy around it when the film was released. Yeah. Roddy Piper. Yep. WrestleMania six. He painted his body half black. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's very strange. It's a very strange time. Um, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Jayla, shut up. There we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Not justifying it, you fucking idiot. All right. Yeah. Well, here's the deal, folks. I, Raj, when I started doing this podcast three years ago, did we think that we were going to have to <laughs> right. talk about this topic right. so much? I've been figuring this out as I go, trying to take what I read from people online, take my personal views, Matt and I get into it sometimes. Like it's very um, sad that these issues are still so at the forefront of America and in wrestling that it's something we have to debate so much. Yeah. But yeah, I think we we need this to, to borrow a phrase that Matt would mock. I feel like this podcast needs to be a bit of a safe space to discuss and sometimes play devil's advocate to fully discuss an idea. It's not justifying it. It's, it's arguing it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, uh, you know, again, you know, all right. Yes. So on that <laughs> note, uh, folks watch the Mandalorian on Disney plus. It was much better than raw was tonight. And, uh, if you go to the movies, go see the movie parasite. Have you heard about this film, Raj? No, I have not. Did you watch Snowpiercer ever? No. Oh, dude, you got to see Snowpiercer. That's on home video. Same director, Korean film, Parasite. Best movie I've seen in uh, years. It's absolutely fantastic. So there are things better than wrestling, but we're going to be back here Wednesday night to talk about AEW Dynamite versus NXT. NXT with the open door. Triple H is leaving it wide open. Who's going to show up? Oh, please don't. Please don't be the B team. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. The B team. They, they, they lay out the NXT roster. <sighs> <laughs> By the way, you, you saw Dr. Sleep, right? I did. Was I, it good? Shining I, is my favorite horror movie of all time. Oh, really? So, yeah. I actually thought Dr. Sleep was, uh, I liked the new stuff so much. It almost didn't need to be a sequel to The Shining, but the entire third act is deep, deep into The Shining. It, right. I was very impressed. 
um, with it, but it, it did so bad at the box office. Like yeah. they, they were going to do a prequel with Scatman Carruthers character that was in development. That's not happening now, but I, you know, I saw Dr. Sleep and then we saw Parasite two days later and it, both were great, but Parasite is just next level. Yeah. All right. Well, Friday night I have a uh, my wife and I we have a date night, so we're we're picking a movie. So yeah, Doctor Sleep is currently in the uh, Doctor Sleep lead. is really really good. Go see that as well. We'll catch you back here next time, folks, on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.